Hello, and welcome to this week's sermon podcast from Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Kenwood. Here we preach the good news of Jesus Christ. Whether you find the message to be uplifting or challenging, comforting or even unsettling, we hope it will help you grow in faith and your relationship with God. Thank you for listening. To God be the glory. A reading from Joshua, verse 24. Then Joshua summoned all the tribes of Israel to Shechem, including their elders, leaders, judges, and officers. So they came and presented themselves to God. Joshua said to the people, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Long ago your ancestors, including Terah, the father of Abraham, and Nahor, lived beyond the Euphrates River, and they worshipped other gods. So fear the Lord and serve him wholeheartedly. Put away forever the idols your ancestors worshipped when they lived beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt. Serve the Lord alone. But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates? Or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? But for as me and my, but for as me and my family, we will serve the Lord. The people replied, We would never abandon the Lord and serve other gods. For the Lord our God is the one who rescued us and our ancestors from slavery in the land of Egypt. He performed mighty miracles before our very eyes. As we traveled through the wilderness among our enemies, he preserved us. It was the Lord who drove the Amorites and the other nations living here in the land. So we too will serve the Lord, for he alone is our God. Here ends the reading. The second reading is from Ephesians. A final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then, after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of the God. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. And pray for me, too. Ask God to give me the right words so I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan that the good news is for Jews and Gentiles alike. I am in chains now, still preaching this message as God's ambassador. So pray that I will keep, keep on speak, speaking boldly for him as I should. Here ends the reading. Please stand for the reading of the gospel. The reading comes from the sixth chapter of John. Anyone who eats of my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. I live because of the living Father who sent me in the same way. Anyone who feeds on me will live because of me. I am the true bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will not die, as your ancestors did, even though they ate the manna, but will live forever. He said these things while he was teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum. Many of the disciples said, this is a very hard teaching, very hard to understand. How can anyone accept it? Jesus was aware that his disciples were complaining, so he said to them, Does this offend you? 
then what will you think if you see the Son of Man ascended into heaven again? The Spirit alone gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. The very words I've spoken to you are the Spirit and the life, but to some, some of you, you do not believe me. For Jesus knew in the beginning which ones didn't believe, and he knew who would betray him. And he said, that is why I said that people can't come to me unless the Father gives them to me. At this point, many of his disciples turned away. They deserted him. Jesus then turned to the twelve and asked, Are you going to leave? Simon Peter replied, Lord, to whom would we go? You have the words that give eternal life. We believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. Maybe seated. So a lot of times I start these things with like a question, like a show of hands, and this is no different. But this time, the question I had was like, who's ever been mistaken? Obviously. But who here has ever experienced buyer's remorse? Right? Ugh, agonizing. I hate that feeling. Um, Every time, around this time of year, I get a sense of that because football season is beginning. And I am from southwest Florida. I'm not a Dolphins fan. I'm worse than that. I'm a Buccaneers fan. Which, yeah. So um, every year, I start investing heavily in this idea. We're going to win the Super Bowl, you guys. It's going to happen. This time, this year. I said this last year and the year before. I've said that since I was seven. Um, They're going to win. They're going to win regardless of all their faults, glaring deficiencies, they're going to figure it out. And I invest my time and my energy into like reading about their movements in the offseason. Like, this free agent wide receiver is going to solve all our problems. That's, it never does. Um, this college running back, he's going to fix all of it. He doesn't. He never does. Um, but I get so excited. I get so pumped. And I'm just like buzzing at the beginning of the year. Every time. This is it. This is the year. The Buccaneers are going to do it again. Get that Super Bowl. And then every year the same thing happens. The first actual game is played. And the bubble pops. Because they lose by like 20 some points. The defensive end was carted off the field. That running back from college. He's, he's gone. He's already broke both legs somehow. Um, <laughs> Your, your star quarterback has committed some terrible crime. And you're like, okay, I'm starting to think, um, I don't know why I do this every year. I invest. Like, I was ready to buy that, like, Sunday opera. Because I work on Sundays, you see, I'm here. Um, so I have to, I'm, like, like, ready to spend money to watch the games, like, on Monday to just watch all their triumphs. But I'm realizing really quick, that was a poor investment. I shouldn't have done that. If this is what I'm going to see every Monday, I'm canceling this thing. Bengals fans, does this sound familiar? <laughs> I get this vibe. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Something about orange football teams that start with a B. It doesn't work. Um, so today's lesson, for whatever reason, reminds me of this. The tendency I have of investing my energy, my, I mean, really incalculable level of enthusiasm that I possess. I throw it at all sorts of stuff because I like to like things. But I wonder sometimes if I should be reserving some of that for things that actually pay off, that are fruitful, that I care about more than just in a moment where I go, golly, this team stinks. I'm not dogging rooting for the home team. I think that's a fine, noble practice. But for me, the lesson today talks about matters of deep, personal, I mean even cosmic significance of who we are and why are we here? What are we doing here? And in our gospel lesson Jesus is helping his disciples find out what's real. Something you can really invest in. 
something you could really put stock in. What is real bread? Where can true life really be found? And he expresses it's found in the thing that comes down from heaven, in him. In imitating this life of Jesus, we find this cosmic significance of what this is all about. A creation formed in love for the purpose of blessing one another. Now, Jesus is not the first or last person to ever gather a bunch of people and say, hey, do the thing that I do. Watch this. I mean, that's basically the whole self-help industry. Is I've figured it out. I've navigated the path. Here's my teachings. Imitate me, and you can be successful like me. I think all of us are doing that. Look at advertising. Look at anybody we see. In the, in the business of life is that we hope that we hope we will live lives that are worthy of other people imitating them. If you don't believe that's true of you, I'll ask you a question. Do you have an opinion on how people should behave? You do. You do. You know, because there are circumstances where you go, I'll tell you how you're supposed to carry yourself in that situation. We have an opinion on this. It's, it's significant. We try to live up to those standards in our own ways as well because we want others to live up to them too. We want lives of significance, of happiness. We want to be fulfilled. And the truth is, the thing that gives us the most dread and anxiety most likely is when we fear we're not living up to those standards, that we're not hitting those marks. Midlife crisis, right? What have I been doing? I need to change everything. This isn't what it was. I want it to be something different. Am I really happy? Am I really fulfilling everything I hoped I could? We do this. Oh, that time. Because we believe, for some reason, there is a way, through this whole maze of life, we believe there is a path, a certain way, where you win. You win. You get it all. There's a way to have it all. Each and every one of us take different paths, and we think it goes different ways. The other day, I watched a video of this sports reporter. He was interviewing this titan of industry, this millionaire, right? And I mean, makes a fortune. And he was talking to them and he said, hey, you make a lot of money. Hey, I have a question. I always want to ask the super rich people this question. How much money do I have to have in order for you to say that I am rich? And the guy goes, because that's like a really rude question, right? And he goes, and he goes, and don't give me any of that happiness stuff. I'm talking dollar amount. And he goes, Okay, well, truth is, happiness is the key. That's the goal. I've had money and been miserable. And he goes, eh, da, 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 da. and the guy says, no, really, that's what it is. And he stops for a second and goes, I'd say 20 or $30 million. And he goes, you know how I know you're silly rich? You put that window between $10 million. That's ludicrous. He's like, I'm not even close to 20 or 30, you know, somewhere in there. And he's like, this is madness. But it's funny because... To these two people, the indicator of this success, of rich, being rich, by another person's standard, was an achievement for this writer. He wanted to know, what would it be to ascend to that, to win the game? We all want financial security. It's a heck of a goal. We all want to be, I'm sure all of us would say, it'd be great to be independently wealthy, wouldn't it? Maybe it's not to be rich. Perhaps we have ascended that. Perhaps in some wisdom we've said, maybe it is really about being happy. But a lot of times when we ask, what does that mean? A lot of us use the word comfortable. We want to be comfortable. That happens to coincide directly with owning another home closer to water. (laughs) It's strange. It's so common. Um, Or maybe it's even deeper. We never want to, if we get honest, it's when we say comfortable. I don't want to want again. I don't want to want. 
I won't have so much that when I want, I can just sort it out. Or maybe it's the position we want at work. Maybe it's something simpler. To be your own boss. To be admired. To be respected. To be in a position maybe of influence. Maybe it's to govern. Maybe it's to lead. Maybe it's to lead so well we become unimpeachable beyond reproach. To be armored up, in a sense. Wearing these, this armor, garments, living a lifestyle that tells everyone who sees this glinting, shining armor... You've done it. You're safe. You're secure. You are successful. You are established. You are respected. You're ready for whatever comes your way. In short, you've won. You did it. You won the game. You have all the cards now. Worry is a thing of the past because it's so clear from what you're wearing, this armor. You've done it. And here is Jesus saying, your ancestors did this too. It always ends the same. Death. Death is always the end, and so will you. Instead, a challenge Jesus puts forth. Eat this bread instead. Instead of imitating those goals of what does it mean for you to call me rich, what does it look like to imitate that which was sent from heaven? Sent from God. Real life. Real food. Real love. You ever wonder in pursuit of these things, these worldly things, we, I know we've all thought it. This is just going to kill me. This might not be fruitful to pursue these things. Ephesians says it's time for a wardrobe change. Because even the disciples admit in the gospel lesson, this is not something people are going to want to do. You're changing the goalposts in the middle of the game. You've moved them. You're talking about a life of deference instead of self-service. You're talking about letting go of my way and for God's way. I mean, that sounds a lot like trust and not at all like control. You're talking about God being in charge and not me. And truthfully, I'm too afraid for that. And I bet the rest of them are too. And the disciples are warning him. Jesus then finally just asks the tough question. Do you want to leave? So are we done here? And the disciples are confronted with a question that's been made famous by Dr. Phil, which is that, well, how is that working out for you? How is your way working out for you? The answer to that question, it's interesting. How it works out for you might be working great in terms of goals you have for yourself. But what about in terms of the goals God has set forth from the beginning of creation, of life and love? I might be able to, but I may not be able to safely say, and many of us here are food secure. We have food. If we need food, we know where to get it. We know how to get it when there's enough. But for one in seven people on the planet, that's not the reality. There isn't enough food. You know, we throw away a third of our food. How's it working out for us? Fine perhaps, in our own sense. But for all of creation, for the hungry, it's not working. Thirsty as well. We should all drink more water. I've read it countless times. You've read it too. But for the billion in the world who do not have access to clean water, this way doesn't work. We can think of many of examples where our ways work well for us, but perhaps not for all of creation. Jesus is pointing out this way, the way of our ancestors. It all ends one way. It always ends in death. 
and it's paid most heavily often by those who are most vulnerable. I'm offering a new way, he says. And in Ephesians, we get a glimpse of what that looks like. We're going to need to admit that what we're doing sometimes just isn't working. And that the armor that we're wearing, armor for our own safety alone, the way we live, it can be too selfish. We need to strip ourselves of glinting armor that seeks to impress our neighbors and instead wear a new armor that inspires our neighbors, that blesses our neighbors, changes the story from a story of conquerors into a story of us being instruments of peace, victory over powers of the world that destroy and divide, garments of love, garments of peace, garments of righteousness. Our question is not about what our actual clothes say, what our actual physical shoes say about how well we've played the game, what the size of our home says in terms of how we've accomplished all of our goals. Our question is how do we live lives that tell the good news of Jesus Christ, that the victory is won and you are loved. How do we put on garments every day that tells the story of someone who knows that their life from the very beginning, from God's first whisper of the cosmos, was a word of love to you that equips us for God's purpose? How do we, how do we our, our, our bodies, how do our stories declare that we aren't here to defeat our neighbors in a race to success? That in fact, what we're here for is to raise them up. We're here to feed the hungry. We're here to set the captives free. It's time to admit to ourselves that there is a more beautiful, honest way of living, of giving, of serving, and of sacrificing, a more beautiful way of loving and living in the world, and it's imitating Jesus. A life of love that doesn't seek to separate, divide, quantify, defeat, crush, hurt, harm. It's a way that sets every one of us free. Because all of us wonder, is my life significant? All of us wonder, does our life have significance? Know this, it does. You are worthy of love and respect, and God means to change the world through you. It's why you were made. Know that instead of measuring our lives and the achievements of others. Ask ourselves instead, how is our life telling the good news that God's love won already? It wins. It always does. I'm learning that as I'm raising a seven-year-old, trying to get better every year. Kind of have to keep up. They keep changing. Um, I was talking to her, and I realized my goal as a parent is becoming very clear. It's not just to make a well-rounded or successful, productive member of society. That'd be great. That'd be cool. Um, It's not to make some outstanding athlete or professional or musician or something like that. Again, cool. Um, My honest goal, the more we live and love together, imitating Jesus together, is I want to help form an instrument of love and peace. Wherever they go. An instrument of God's love and peace. Not what kind of shoes you have, not something to worry about. Because what your shoes are for, the purpose they have is to carry you to your neighbor and spread love that God gave you. That's what your shoes are for. Your armor, (laughs) they're garments. It's love. Your defense is not found in your physical strength. It's found in knowing no enemy.
because enemies are not of flesh and blood, as the Bible tells us. They are powers that seek to divide us. What are we wearing? What do we want the world to see? Someone who's won the game or someone who knows that the real game is life and love and how to spread it as far as we can. Our job is the same as it ever was. It's to be the kingdom. A kingdom that the gates of hell shall not prevail against, right? We've heard that so many times in some very apocalyptic sermons, but think about that. Gates don't attack. We don't need big walls for defense. The kingdom doesn't need big, thick walls of defense against evil. We need hands and feet that are ready to spread love with such ferocity and intensity that the gates of hell won't know what to do with all this love. It won't know what to do with all this mercy and forgiveness. It will buckle under the weight of the love we have for our neighbors, the love we have for one another. There's another year of ministry that's ahead of us. A lot of opportunities to pick up some new garments in this life of faith, this life on mission in love. And Jesus is inviting all of us, all of us, I say all, all means all, all of us who are struggling with time, with purpose, all of us who are struggling where to invest, struggling how to manage all these responsibilities we have. Jesus is inviting you to shed some of that heavier armor, to let go of some of those burdens of keeping up whatever this costume is, as Pastor Alice said, this identity of strength, worldly success, and power over against our neighbors, and is asking, what really gives you life? And perhaps more importantly, what gives your neighbor life? What gives those in need of new life, life? What kind of armor do you want to put on? Who do you want to imitate? Because the invitation, thank God, every week we fail this, the invitation's always open. The only question we have to consider is, to whom shall we go? Amen. Thanks again for listening to this week's message from Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Kenwood. Please browse our website for other opportunities to grow in faith or serve the Lord. If you are able to worship with us at any time, we would be most honored by your presence.